At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live, coast to coast, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Vegas. Action, pack, recap, Monday. What an hour for you. You heard it. Every NFL game on Sunday, a rapid reaction to takeaways that matter. Special focus on Dak and Sunday Night Football and a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers. Also, bottom of the hour, who is the best team in the NFL? Think about that because I think the facts are going to surprise you. Also, Monday Night Football preview in studio with me, the pros who know, Steve Fazek, NFL expert, Brad Powers, all the college knowledge, sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you, but you can't have pros without Joes. 
He is Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ, on a wild recap Monday here on Straight Out of Vegas. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we start with Sunday night football, where the Bears beat the Rams 15-6 to in Chicago, holding the high-powered L.A. offense to just 214 yards in the game. So, RJ... What is the Vegas perspective on what we saw last night in Chicago? It makes you think about how much the NFL has changed in that playing in weather, playing late in the year, playoff football, it's almost like, yep, Rams had a lot of trouble. And we can debate how much the weather mattered, but certainly it mattered. But then you think, but wait a minute, is it going to matter again? Bears... Likely, very likely not to have home field advantage all the way through. And so many dome teams, Saints being one. Now, it's tough playing in a dome, right? It's a different challenge if you're on the road. Also with the Rams potentially, I think, still the driver's seat for home field. Would we agree? What would you think, Fez? If you had to bet right now, and I haven't looked at the tiebreaker, so maybe you have. Uh, Brad, you got an idea? Yeah, I mean, Saints and the Rams right now are both 11-2. and two. Saints have the so, tiebreaker. Yeah, you gotta, head head. Yes, you got to give the Saints advantage. There. Saints have a much more difficult schedule. Rams yeah. should be able to run the table. That's interesting. See, so there you go. So let's call it close to a coin flip. And it just strikes me, if this game were in L.A. next week, how differently would we think about it? And... To me, as much as in every other sport, in basketball, yeah, there's home and there's road. There used to be the parquet floor and, you know, the dead spots. But in general, a team typically in the other sports, even college football, right? I I guess because they don't go as late into the year, Brad, or December, there's no games except for bowl games and very rarely in cold weather, that it's almost like the NFL is two different sports. One sport is... The normal time of the year, one sport is it's cold on a grass field and the wind is whipping and you hear the voice from NFL films that I can't emulate. (laughs) I won't even try. And back in the day, this was the kind of game that decided the Super Bowl champions. Think about the Steelers. All right. Think about how many. Of those wars, Minnesota with all those Super Bowls and or at least appearances in the seventies. And now can what and even the Patriots at home in the cold. But right now, Kansas City, big advantage to be the first seed, I think. Uh certainly over New England, right? I New England very unlikely to be the first seed. It just feel and maybe this is a one year, one off, but in the same season that offense has become even more important. And if you wonder about that, think about how good Arizona's defense is. Arizona has a top five defense in the NFL, objectively true, and they're one of the five worst teams in the NFL. If you have an elite defense and you have a horrible offense, you win four games this year. If you flip it and you have an elite offense and a horrible defense, you probably slip in the playoffs. Yes, if not getting a home a home game in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's the question, right? If you look at the Rams with Tlaib, and I do think that's an interesting 
addition to this conversation, and we talked about it last week on Straight Out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell, but it uh, came true again. Though we could say the weather caused it. There's now been six games or five games this season with Tlaib, right? Game one, two, three, and then week 13 and 14. The Rams have given up 14 points a game. In the eight or nine games without him, nine games without him, I apologize, eight games without him, over 30 points. So two touchdowns, they give up the Rams with Tlaib, over 30 Without them. Now, again, the weather helped, but I think the Rams, obviously, against the pass, are much, much better with Tlaib, still weak against the run. Would you agree with that, Fess? Yes, but I'm not so sure the weather helped the Rams' defense. Remember, the Bears' offense is used to weather like that. I don't see how cold weather is going to help the Rams' D hold Chicago in check. Yeah, but if it's windy, it hurts everybody, right? And even if you want to run, the threat of the pass matters right that's why it's so hard for any one dimensional offense to succeed against even an average defense in the NFL which brings up the bear side of the ball you know we were talking last week again how the last five games before Sunday night the bears were below average yards per attempt running the ball all five games one two three four five below average five straight times prior to that they were above average four straight so you think it uh-oh That's a trend. Well, Chicago rushed for 194 yards, and they were above average on the yards per attempt. So I would make the case the Rams rush defense with or without Tlaib, and the stats back this up. If you can run against the Rams, you got a heck of a chance. But I think the Rams' defense against the pass is way above average. And I love it when a team is split like that because – Most people just think about how good are the Rams' defense. I'm thinking, well, how good are they against the pass? How good are they against the run? What do you think, Fez? Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. And let's frankly, last night, the Bears having so much success with the run, you would think that they would have had success with the pass because the Rams would have had to key on the run, and the Bears had no success passing the ball against that Rams' defense. And that's what I'm saying is is I, I think even against a good passer, and Trubisky hurt, you know, Rusty certainly is not a good passer. We'll see, you know, now that Nagy has him back, is he going to be able to scheme him up still? Or did they kind of run out of moves to scheme up Trubisky? Because that's the thing. In theory, the Bears are the type of team, if they're running the ball really well, that, you know, because again, the Saints are like this. The Saints are mighty good against the pass, statistically. They're horrible against the run. So, to me, actually, the Saints are flipped in that way because I was thinking that Cowboys matchup I didn't like. But then, so that's fascinating. So let's think about this. And we're kind of digging deep, but I mean, with such, with teams like this that are so important, obviously the Saints and the Rams are in the conversation for the best teams in the NFL. I think they're two of the uh, defenses that are m- most prone to being vulnerable to one side, or to running or passing and, and very strong against the other, and I think handicapping-wise, that's very important to consider. Last thing I'll say about this Sunday night game, well, let me ask you, Fez, how much did you upgrade the Bears? Because on the surface, this was the signature win of the year. And I know you liked them when the Pats came in, 
And in hindsight, you know, Pat's had some lucky plays. Now we can say, oh, that's what the Patriots do. But at home, especially, the Bears seem mighty tough. Yeah, I upgraded the Bears a point. Now that's aggressive for me to move them that far. But frankly, I never felt during the course of this game that the Rams were going to be able to win this game. The Bears really dominated. From Chicago to Green Bay we go, where the Packers beat the Falcons 34-20 to in Green Bay's first game since the firing of head coach Mike McCarthy. RJ, what did Vegas make of the Packers' performance? Well, on the surface, it seems like that we were quite predictive, quite on it, when it came to the idea that Aaron Rodgers would really, really, really care. The idea was that McCarthy's out, there's no one left to blame, and the assumption wasn't that he would play, go from 100 in effort to 120. The assumption was there was something lacking before. And then if you remove that lacking, all of a sudden Green Bay's a different team. We always talk about it. Can the entire season's stats be trusted? Because oftentimes things fundamentally change. Look at the Cowboys. They get a great receiver. The young defense starts to trend up. The Cowboys are a very different team today than they were just a couple of months ago. So even in a short NFL season, you can't always trust the stats. The question I had coming into Green Bay was, can you trust the offensive stats of Aaron Rodgers in that offense, considering that Rodgers seemed, his something seemed to be lacking? Faz, after watching the game, the scoreboard would say we were right. What do you think? I thought that Rodgers wasn't all that different, frankly. I thought he was workmanlike, and the breaks went Green Bay's well way, so they blew out Atlanta. Yeah, so final score, 14-point margin, Green Bay winning, covering. Falcons, though, minus two in turnovers in the game, and Falcons outgained Green Bay by 44 yards. So I'm looking early, early to fade the Packers because I think the next week, because I think the emotion – of the first game without McCarthy, they win. Everyone's going to look and say, oh, 14-point margin. Here they come. One of those classic late-season surges. And I just wonder, I think this was slightly deceiving to the favor of Green Bay. So the public gets excited while the truth is different, perhaps, about Green Bay. And maybe a little bit of a letdown because they're not going to make the playoffs. So they made their statement Maybe they're not flat next week, but maybe they're wrung out. You know, maybe they're they're tired. There's a difference between being flat and being tired. Right? Flat is psychologically you're not into it. Tired is physically you don't have anything left. But we got something left. When we come back, every game, we're going to give you the rapid reactions, what really matter. That's coming up next year on Straight Out of Vegas. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted, and it's right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a moment, we have rapid-fire reactions of every game in the NFL from Sunday. Each weekday, we have fun bringing Vegas straight to you right now on the Strip. 61 degrees, and the neon is 
chugging. Guys, let's get it started, and we go to overtime first, where the Kansas City Chiefs took care of the Ravens 27-24. to You've heard a lot of talk about how much Baltimore, how effectively they're running the ball. True. But these are the last four teams, the four teams, Lamar Jackson's played. Here is their DVOA against the run entering, or as of last week. Atlanta, number 29. Oakland, number 30. Cincinnati, number 28. Kansas City, number 32. So 28, 29, they missed 30, 31, and 32. So if there ever were a set of teams to start running the ball a ton against, it was these four, Tampa Bay next. The nine-game winning streak is over in Houston as the Colts beat the Texans 24-21. There's a vague sense Andrew Luck's having a good year. His quarterback rating has been over 100 six of the last seven games, including against Houston. So not only good collectively, but consistent. Houston may be the most impressive on the road. Luck, obviously. In the prior eight games, the opposing quarterback against the Texans was better passer rating-wise than 89 only once. So one time in the prior eight games, a quarterback had better than an 89 passer rating. Andrew Luck over 100, keeping his streak going. The Browns beat the Panthers 26-20. to Baker Mayfield calling a skeptic. I may be too long-term, but I'm starting to be less skeptical. Since week 10, the Browns and Baker Mayfield have the third-best passer rating in the NFL. Only quarterbacks ahead? Oh, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Short sample, but mighty, mighty good for Baker Mayfield. No Mike McCarthy, no problem. Packers over the Falcons, 34-20. Yeah, and we talked... In the last segment about Green Bay, maybe a little fool's gold with that victory, but I think the Falcons, uh, effort level-wise, focus-wise, we talk about it all the time. When a team is used to the playoffs, when they're used to a certain level of play, the stakes are high late in the year. Those down years, those are the teams that tend to be especially flat because maybe they have a little residual fatigue to start with, from all those years of playoffs and playoff hunts. And it's also comparative, right? If you're not, if you're never in the playoffs, it's a normal end of the year. For the Falcons, a very disappointing status right now in the playoff hunt or lack of a playoff hunt. And I think we saw it with the penalties. 13 penalties, 101 yards. So there's a couple of stats that are indicative of a team that's not focused. We've talked about the Falcons possibly not being focused. They didn't look it against the Ravens last week, and they didn't look it here, minus two turnovers also. I'm going to be looking to play against the Falcons. Saints beat the Buccaneers 28-14. Yeah, in about 10 minutes, we're going to be talking about who's the best team in the NFL, and I'm going to make a point that the Saints aren't as good as they seem, and one of those points is going to be the Bucks on special teams today. Or yesterday, 0-2 on field goals. They allowed one block punt, and they had a bad punt that set the Saints up at midfield. And remember, Tampa was leading this game 14-3 to over the Saints. Fez, we were talking in our pre-show meeting, without that block punt, 
You're saying it's it's in doubt who wins the game. Yeah, the Saints look totally flat, and then Taysom Hill makes that huge block punt, and even the quarterback for the Saints said, hey, that totally changed our attitude the rest of the game. Drew Brees, the quarterback? Yes. <laughs> Jets that beat- unknown guy. <laughs> Jets beat the Bills in Buffalo 27-23. Yeah, Josh Allen last week ran the ball like a champ, threw the ball like a champ. This week... Through the ball. What's that line? Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> I don't have any clever way to explain this one, but he ran like Hayes, but he threw not so well. By the way, last three weeks, 335 yards rushing for Josh Allen. 335 yards rushing for a quarterback in three games. The first of two hook and ladder plays in the day in the NFL saw the Dolphins beat the Patriots shockingly 34-33. Dolphins right now 7-6. and six. Pretty good in the playoff hunt. Two th- amazing stats to say this is a paper tiger, paper contender. One, on the season, Dolphins outscored by 55 points. Now, there's... um. Pythagorean wins, right, Fez? That's how you say it? Yes. And what that says is you win a close game, it's worth, you know, let's say you win by three, it's worth three points. If you win by 20, it's more meaningful because, like, what luck would have had to happen for you to actually lose that game. And they can estimate with the math how many wins you should have based upon your point differential. But let me tell you, if you're minus 55, you're supposed to be a below-average team. Now, the last seven games, Miami's been outgained all seven. Every game for the last seven, the Dolphins' opponent has more yard, had more yards than the Dolphins. So every year this time, you get a team that's on the cusp of the playoff hunt that you say, ah, that team's not that good. I think Miami might be at their high point public perception-wise. One, you beat the Patriots. And then number two, you look at it, you go over 500, you're in the playoff discussion, but statistically this is a well below average team. And the Patriots, it wasn't just that 70-yard Hail Mary at the end of the game. They imploded all game long, including at the end of the first half, leaving points that they should have gotten off the board. Oh, and, and that was a very un-Brady-like play there, right? He thought he had a timeout. But, but he, listen, in the long run, the Patriots making those kind of mistakes is going to happen so rarely. Right, And even you can make the case, I think rightfully so, that a 70-yard touchdown in the last play is very rare. Right, You can question why Gronk was there or not. But to me, it offers an opportunity. The fact that Miami is being discussed so positively today. And I get it. Everyone's going to caveat and say, well, they were kind of lucky. But still, you look at those standings, you hear them in the playoff discussion. If they were 6-7, and seven, they wouldn't be in the playoff discussion, the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins probably are a point of premium next week because they won this game. Doesn't mean I'm automatically going to play against them. I mean, the Dolphins are going to be an extra point expensive because they won this game. Agree or disagree? Agree. The fewest yards gained and points scored under Sean McVay, and the Rams lose to the Bears 15-6. to Yeah, and to me, as much as it's a celebration for how great the Bears looked, Trubisky had 100 yards passing in the NFL, not in a half, not in a quarter, the entire game. So it shows you if you dominate one side, 
you can win games. But, Fez, if I would have told you Trubisky plays the entire game and passes for 100 yards, who you betting? And throws three interceptions. I'm making my biggest bet of the year on the Rams. And then if you – I told you, but wait a minute. I've got some more info for you. If I told you the Rams passer rating with Goff would be 18.9, which is the second worst of any quarterback slash team this season. The worst, yep, you're going to hear his name again, Peterman for the Bills in week one against the Ravens. Every other team has had a better passer rating than the Rams did last night. So on one hand, one quarterback throws for 100 yards. On the other hand, the other quarterback has the second worst game of the season of any quarterback. How was this total 51 way too high, RJ? <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, that time machine, baby. The Giants hammer the Redskins 40-16. to 16. You know, I'm going to ask a question here. And, Faz, I'm going to ask you because you are the only guy to win two Super Contests, the most exclusive NFL contest in the world. How much differently would the Giants be playing if they had beat the Eagles? Meaning right now there's a sense that, oh, they've won four or five, a little bit of redemption for giving up on McAdoo last year. But, boy, if the Giants had won against Philly, it'd be like, here we go, baby, five straight wins. Can you imagine that odds are the Giants should have won the last five games because they were clear favorites over Philly late in that game. Absolutely. And look at the NFC, how all these teams around them are imploding. The Giants would be in contention for not just the division, but for a wild card. 49ers beat the Broncos 20-14. to 14. Yeah, this is one where we were on it, Fez, in our Super Contest 4-1 week. We're going to be talking about that because we are now literally behind only one person for 640000 And one of the fun new things we're going to be doing is each day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week, we're going to be breaking down one of our main games we're thinking of playing and just really pulling back the curtain and explaining how we think about these games that were, quite frankly, 65% on the season in front of the world and close to winning that 640. I might be off that Monday if we win that 640. We'll see. At least a little hungover. But to me, the 49ers, three wins on the year, They've outgained their opponents by 289 yards. They're like the 12th best yardage differential in the NFL, and they have, like, the least wins. Because they're minus 21 in turnover differential, which is way worse than anyone else in the league. They lost the turnover battle this past week, but only by one. And they still won. So they won. 49 are certainly better than a record. The Chargers beat the Bengals 26-21. I hate excuses. I feel like... The Chargers may legitimately have one here. We had a trend for listeners last week on Straight Out of Vegas. If you're favored by 13 or more and you're an underdog the next week, you cover less than a third of the time, 32% since 1992. Makes sense. Hey, we got a big game coming up. This one's easy. And I think the Chargers... At least watching the game, it didn't seem to say so much about them as it said about their effort against the Bengals. And they just won at Pittsburgh. This was a flat sandwich spot. Lions over the Cardinals, 17-3. Uh, don't want to talk too much about this one. <laughs> but Arizona 
actually outgained Detroit. We were talking about how good that Arizona defense is. Scoreboard 17-3, Arizona more yards. Overtime in Dallas, Cowboys over the Eagles 29-23. Boy, this is an example. I think it's so dangerous to split games and say, first three quarter. Now, Faz, you do this a lot. I'm not judging you. Well, I am, but silently. Is, oh, first three quarters, blah, blah. Because if you look at it, Dak was, you know, below average for a big chunk of the game. And Dallas ended up with the most passing yards in the NFL, 434. So do we say the Cowboys had a great day on offense? Or do we say, oh, they were terrible or well below average for three quarters of it? And then some things happened. How would you tell this story, Fezzik? I would say it's complicated, but Dallas... <laughs> it's like your Facebook status before you got married. <laughs> yes, but Dallas was up 9-0 in control, and then they started turning the ball over, letting the Eagles back into the game. That was you simplifying it right there? Yes. And finally, the Raiders beat somebody's favorite team in Vegas, the Steelers, 24-21. Well, I tell you, the Raiders were my favorite team because that was another <laughs> one of our winners. Here's the Steelers rushing last three games, or four games. Against the Raiders, 40 yards. Against the Chargers, 65. Against Denver, 75. Against Jacksonville, 25. So last four games, the Steelers had a great 75-yard game, and that's the most they had. That is a problem for Pittsburgh. In just one minute, we are going to debate crossfire style who is the best team in the NFL? That's coming up next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Dan Byer. On the heels of that Raiders win over the Steelers today, Oakland celebrated by firing their GM, Reggie McKenzie, out after almost seven seasons on the job. He's a good friend of mine. He's always going to be a Raider. We're going to have to rebuild this football team without him. But I will assure the Raider fans that we'll do everything we can to uh, find the right replacement. He's left some big shoes to fill. Just want to wish him the best. And that was head coach John Gruden. Vikings and Seahawks, 8-15 Eastern time tonight. Seahawks wide receiver Doug Baldwin is a game-time decision dealing with a hip injury. We should find out within the next 10 minutes or so if Baldwin is going to go. Seattle Times says that Baldwin has not been on the field for pregame warm-ups as of yet. Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill considered day-to-day, according to ESPN, with a heel injury. Chiefs have a short week as they face the Chargers on Thursday. Tonight in the NBA, no Blake Griffin with the Pistons. He's going to rest against the Sixers while Celtics guard Kyrie Irving is out against the Pelicans because of a sore shoulder. The Golden State Warriors were named the Sports Illustrated Sports Persons of the Year for 2018. Back to you guys. Thanks, Dan. Straight out of Vegas comes to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up in 12 minutes from now here on Straight Out of Vegas, a look ahead at a pivotal NFC matchup on Monday Night Football. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Sometimes with an ambitious movie, they show you the last scene first. And then the rest of the movie is trying to show, is bringing you on the journey to how you got to that last scene. But it really was the first scene, the end. Here's the end, Fez. I am going to make the case. So I'm going to tell you ahead so you can prepare that the Chargers might be the best team in the NFL. And I let, let me be candid. I was anti-Chargers entering the year. There's six teams right now that are clearly in the top bunch to win the Super Bowl, and then a big drop-off. Those teams, in no particular order, Kansas City, Chargers, Rams, Saints, New England, Bears. Who's the best, Fez? 
best team is New Orleans Saints, RJ, by a margin of about one point. I know the Saints are just played two straight disappointing games statistically, but I was impressed by the way that they were able to turn it around last week against Tampa Bay. And frankly, that loss to the Cowboys, it's not looking as bad this week as it was last week. Because Dallas won in overtime? Well, Dallas dominated the stats against the Eagles. <laughs> All right, so let's go down these teams one by one. I think we talked about the Saints a decent amount just a few minutes ago. They easily, let's agree with this, they got dominated against Dallas, correct? Correct, but they still were. No! I'm going to ask a question, and I want a yes or no answer. If you want to say no, say no. Did the Saints get dominated by the Cowboys? Yes. Good. Now, by your own admission, by your own admission, if the Saints didn't block a punt, there was a heck of a chance that Tampa Bay was going to beat them. Absolutely. And that's the best team in two straight games. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Boy, maybe. But if it is, that's a sign that the best team isn't very good this year. Michael Lombardi, friend of the show, said today, there's no good, great teams. There's good teams at best. Agreed. Okay. That's interesting. Now, the Saints, if you look at their net yards in a game, so how many yards do they gain versus the opponent for the whole season? Then you look at their last three games and look at the difference. That's a trend line, right? For the season, let's say you're gaining 100 extra yards a game, but last three you're only gaining 20 more than your opponent. Well, you're minus 80 recently. The second worst team in the NFL when it comes to trend line, the Saints. All right, so obviously – Last three games, they've fallen way off. Now, we can say, well, Dallas is a tough team. Okay, maybe, maybe. But on the other hand, Tampa Bay's not all that good. All right? So, all right. Now, the Rams. You might remember I said the Saints were 31. The worst team when it comes to yards per game net over their opponents, last three versus the season, the Rams. So you're going to make the case the Rams are right there, huh? Well, I have the Rams as my number three team. Okay. So let's talk about them. And I got to tell you, RJ, this is— Because remember, we made a bet in the pre—or about a week or two in, I gave you $100, 6 to 1 on the Rams. You were like, oh, the Rams are like my uh, plus 150. You like your bet, RJ? Remember you saying that? I remember gloating when how, the Rams were cruising to the number one seed. Yes. How are you feeling about the Rams right I, now? I still feel good. Now, I may well be on an island here. Let me just hypothesize this, that the Rams, even though they had a bye two weeks ago, seven of the last ten weeks the Rams have had to travel, including a road trip to Colorado, the fires in Los Angeles, all the distractions, those fires are right around where they train. I would argue that this is a team that this slump is very predictive. So you can tell you can tell how can how the lack of confidence in a debate when someone in an NFL debate is trying to say a team that just had a bye, then played one game and then a second game, you can blame them in the second game because they're tired. Like, Brad, think about how far you got to stretch 
to accomplish their that. own running back Gurley in his post game show when asked, said, oh, "Man, I'm tired. We're a tired know, team against after they won in Detroit." Every idiot I knew that got a bad score in the ACT said they were drunk the night before <laughs> too. I don't believe them all. I can promise you this. R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Now, New England, we don't have to say much there. Obviously not a great team, right? Yeah, New England's my number four team, so they are below my top three teams. And Kansas City, number two. Kansas City's number two. I am worried, though, about the fact they lose Hunt at running back, and now Tyreek Hill is walking around with a foot injury, and he says, my my, my foot's not very good. That's a concern. Well, obviously. I mean, if you look at it, Casey was off a bye. They were tired. No, wait, they weren't tired. They didn't cover against the Raiders, and who just beat the Steelers. And then Kansas City, it took a borderline miracle for them to win at home. Kansas City hasn't lost in a calendar year at home over, and it took a miracle to beat Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Mahomes' fantastic fourth down conversion that I'd argue I don't think any other but quarterback in the league this. could do it. Think about this. Kansas City, two straight non-covers. Rams, we've talked about. Saints, we've talked about. New England. Bears, we know outside of the cold and at home with Trubisky, that team, very limited. Not to be trusted. So last question. Here we are. It's the end of the movie. What's the problem with the Chargers? Coaching. But wouldn't that show up in the results? They've won 9 of 10. Well, they've lost three games. Okay. They should have lost in London on a two-point conversion. Really? Against Tennessee. You're supposed to lose. So two-pointers are 100%? They, they should have won the game. The they almost char- gave it away. And shouldn't they have? Boy, so now, here we go. What we actually saw trying to defend the Saints was somehow they didn't get dominated against the Cowboys. <laughs> but what we're seeing to try to demean the Chargers is they had a game a month ago that they almost lost. Case closed. Case closed. <laughs> when we come back. We're going to preview Monday Night Football Vegas style. That's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted. Money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up in just a moment, we will take a look ahead at Monday Night Football. I tell you, Jonas, boy, I mean, you've seen a lot of beatings. You know, kind of rocky for throwing the <laughs> towel. How bad was that? Fez's debate, his point about the Saints was, oh, they really didn't get crushed against the Cowboys. But then he wouldn't even say it. And his point about the Rams is they were tired the second game after a bye. He's going to feel better tomorrow when we bring up his predictive line moving and his numbers there. I think he'll Ooh, feel better. Listen, that's the thing. I mean, he's the best in the business at what he does, right? <laughs> it's just none of these guys want to stand the scrutiny of national radio with RJ. Got to give Fez credit. It's like a guy, he's not running a triathlon. He's running like some Ironman triathlon. Hey, the Saints against the Cowboys, they got crushed statistically, but two minutes <laughs> still to go. making the case. Two minutes to go it was a pick em game, live wagering. <laughs> guys, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket, it may just be the most rewarding to-do that you do today. Speaking of rewards, this is kind of a reward to me because I've always wanted to interview a fighter in between rounds. We've got the biggest handicapping contest going on in the world. 
$5,000 entry, the Super Contest Gold. RJ, you and the guys in Vegas are just one game back of one person for $640,000 as Monday Night Football fast approaches. Wait, is that true? That's a fact. <laughs> oh, yes, it is, isn't it? Well, listen, first I would say, cut me Mick, right? That's one of the great lines, right? In Rocky 1, between rounds, his eyes close. He says, cut me Mick. He wanted to win. All right. I'll tell you guys, I'm excited. Now, Fez, 640K would be nice. Me and you, and we have one other on the team, Maddie Holt. He's a book, former bookmaker, and uh, we do our podcast, and we actually break these games down in front of the world and saying, this is our best bet, this is our best bet. Well, we're going to take it to radio. Usually, we don't want to spend that much time deep diving these NFL games, but there's no college, and let's be honest, I think people love the idea, and we said it last week. We'll say it again. If we win this thing, we are taking $25,000 right off the top, like the mob's cut, the skim, and we're throwing a Super Bowl day party here in Vegas, and it's going to be private entry, but anyone that's a straight-out-of-Vegas listener, you will get the link to sign up. So if you're in Vegas, awesome. If you're out of town, but coming to the Super Bowl to watch it at least here in Vegas, great. Or or it'll give you a good reason to come to Vegas because this baby, it's going to be shrimp. It's going to be uh, Scarface on repeat, as they say. <laughs> Brad, you, though, got a nice win in the books, right? You, I think, as good as you are in college, your Heisman stuff, unbelievable. First year, a couple years ago with pregame, you actually gave Lamar Jackson 100 to 1 to win the Heisman, had a ticket in your pocket. Last year, not near as good. Your 100 to 1 pick, Bryce Love, got second. They didn't pay you there. Here you had 22 to 1 on Murray, cashing for multiple thousands. Yeah, and only bet a few of them each and every year. Been fortunate the last few years. Oh, look, you know, false humility does not work <laughs> for Brad Powell. I do read nine newspapers a day and watch about 50 or 60 spring games. <laughs> Guys, the Seahawks right now on pregame.com are a three-point favorite, hosting the Vikings kickoff just a little over an hour away. Yeah, big line move here, Fest. Three and a half to three. And Seattle, probably the best home field in the NFL, especially in competitive games. When the line is six or less at home in Seattle, it's outstanding how good Seattle is. Who do you like quickly? And you got a prop bet. Yeah, I lean to Seattle. And Seattle, I would argue, is undervalued because they've got that great home field, RJ. They've only played four true home games. One home game in London, seven Ooh. games on the road. So I think when they get back home, they're going to do very well the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. Now, I lean Seattle also. I'm probably not going to bet it. I think Minnesota's concern, all they can do is pass. They really don't run the ball well. And if you're one-dimensional with that loud primetime crowd in Seattle – you got 20 seconds for a prop. Yeah, Minnesota wide receiver Thielen under 90 pass yards. He had 100 yards his first eight games. He has slowed way down, a little banged up. He's only averaging 60 yards passing. The last four games are going Thielen under 90 pass yards. Just Thielen under 90 receiving yards. I got a feeling I don't, it's going to win. I don't think he's going to throw for over 90. 
<laughs> the Odd Couple is next here on Fox Sports Radio. We are straight out of Vegas. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you. Graduate Hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns. And get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.